You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Hey, everybody. This is John Middlecoff from 3 and Out with John Middlecoff. Superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Explore a wide selection of luxury spirits, wine, and champagne at ReserveBar.com. Elevate your gifting this year with rare and exceptional bourbons, tequilas, scotch, wine, champagne, with personalized engraving, exceptional glassware, and more. From wines to whiskeys, there's a bottle for everyone. For a limited time, save $20 on your order of $150 plus with the code IHEART at ReserveBar.com. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? Straight Fire, Jason McIntyre. Friday, March 26th, the weekend is here. But first, we got to recap the NBA trade deadline. I was a little skeptical that anything would go down and plenty went down. We'll break that down shortly. I do have to plug our guest who's coming up in 15, 20 minutes. I think you're going to like it a lot. It's a college kid who started some analytics-based basketball website, and it is absolutely blowing up. He's had 30 college basketball programs reach out to him for his service. He had an NBA GM, I won't tell you who it is, I won't spoil it, he'll tell you who it is, who emailed him. This is a Colgate junior, 20 years old, and he's got an NBA GM emailing him. This kid, you know, we like to get on stuff early, okay? That's kind of been my calling card in back dating back to the website, but also with radio, with finding guests, 
Um, and and I, I do believe this guy's on to something. And you're going to really love this interview. He is a sharp, smart kid. Uh, his name is Simon. He goes to Colgate. And the social media handle you want to check out is Shot Quality. But first, first, we got to break down the NBA trade deadline. Obviously, some big-time losers, some eh, winners. And then I think there's one team that clearly won everything. And they now are legitimate contenders to get to the finals in my eyes. But... Rob G, I don't know. What do you what do you think the best breakdown is? Do we start in the East? Do we start with the deals that did not happen? Do we start in the West? What do you you're the producer. You know how these things work. You know what the audience wants. Where do we begin? Well, the biggest storyline from uh trade deadline day was the deal that wasn't made, and that was the Lakers and Kyle Lowry. Because from everything that was reported yesterday, the deal was there to be made, provided that the Lakers include Taylor Horton Tucker in their in their offer of Dennis Schroeder and Davis Caldwell Pope and future draft consideration. They said no. And they have been getting killed for the most part of the oh, last are you kidding 16 me? hours. Yes, they have. I have been pushing back on in a big way because I thought that would have been way too much to give up for Kyle Lowry. But um that is easily the biggest news of the day because the Lakers as Shams reported yesterday, they are going to be at without LeBron and AD for at least three more weeks, it looks like. And in the Western Conference, three weeks can be the difference between being a three seed and being a 10 seed. So uh, we'll see what happens with that. But I think the big story was the move that the Lakers did not make, that they're getting killed, and I think they made the right decision. First of all, I don't know who these jabronis are killing the Lakers, okay? Let's let's weed out the D-bags on Twitter who think they know basketball and are like, you've got to do whatever you can to get, you know, one-time All-NBA guard, 35-year-old. Well, give you some big names who, who thought it was a bad move. Who? who, who? Give me the uh, names. Let's hear them. Let's call uh, these guys three out. Three of them that have been on this show before. Oh, no. Uh, Chris Broussard, oh, Fox Sports God. 1 NFL, or NBA analyst. Oh, come on. Rick Buecher, FS1 NBA analyst. Oh boy! And uh, from the odd couple, Rob Parker. Oh jeez! All killed the Lakers last night. Well, of night course, you know if show. you say the Lakers did a good thing, nobody cares. But if you say, "Oh, the Lakers totally screwed up," then then you get traction. Like I, I just totally disagree. A thirty-five-year-old point guard who was All NBA third team once, who we don't know what he's got left in the tank, and you're going to part with Horton Tucker, who uh, is untouchable according to the Lakers, which I think is the right move. I mean, you you would sacrifice. Your entire immediate future outside of this year with Horton Tucker, Schroeder, and KCP. I, I mean, I listen, if you if you said hey, Schroeder and KCP, done deal, but that's not enough for the Raptors. So the Lakers then would have been trotting out always hurt Anthony Davis, 36-year-old LeBron, 35-year-old Kyle Lowry. They could have been right back to the basement in a year. And the worst part is, the worst part, Rob, you know this, all the picks go to the Pelicans. Like, I know they're not going to be great if LeBron and AD are out for a considerable amount of time, but if it were Kyle Lowry, and then you're talking about, who are you, Caruso? I mean, you're talking about, like, you need Horton Tucker's playing big minutes, KCP. Horton Tucker's got a future in this league. Don't tell me you don't think he will have a future in the NBA. I don't know if he's a multi-time all-star. It's it's too early. The guy's 20 years old. But he's clearly a player, and Schroeder's definitely a player. Lakers were smart to stand down. That being said, I do believe even the Miami Heat made the right decision not overpaying for Kyle Lowry. According to everybody, the asking price 
for 35-year-old Kyle Lowry was, we want Tyler Hero or Duncan Robinson. It's like, well, no, no, no. I mean, Rob, listen, we disagree on a lot. And I had a buddy who I told you about texted me that he, he likes your takes, but he's never disagreed with you more than on your Lonzo one <laughs> over Schroeder. I got to say this. I'm not parting with Duncan Robinson for 35-year-old Kyle Lowry. I'm not doing it. Duncan Robinson has a major value. This is a sniper who's maybe your fifth best player, and you got to the finals last year? I, I By the way, we'll get to the Heat more. I thought they had a very, very nice, um, successful trade deadline. Best in the East. Better than the Celtics, yes. Uh, but uh, listen, this whole Kyle Lowry thing is like, it got blown out of proportion. All of a sudden, Kyle Lowry is this like mythical hero, and... He, he was going to go anywhere and instantly make them like a, a, a massive contender or put some team over the top. Like, could the Clippers have used him? Certainly. But they don't have anything to give up. They're not, they, they didn't want Lou Williams back in Toronto. I mean, Lou Williams needs his trip club, so he's headed to Atlanta. Anyways, all right, so we got Kyle Lowry out of the way. Where would you like to go next, Rob? Well, I would love to go to your Miami Heat because I think we have a difference of opinion on what the Miami Heat did yesterday. So let me hear okay. yours and I'll tell you what I think. All right, so the Miami Heat um, kind of sputtered off to an early, rocky start. They were coming off the bubble, uh, an exhausting, excruciating run. They got off to kind of a, like a rocky start, and Pat Riley, one of the best front office men in the probably the last you know five decades in the NBA, decided, I'm not going to panic. I'm not going to overpay for anybody. Let me get Victor Oladipo on the cheap. Let me potentially rent him. Let me pick up Trevor Ariza on the wing. And let me add the big kid, Jellica, Bajelica from the Kings, who they got for a bag of donuts, basically. And I think the big potential coup there is Oladipo, who the, the number you need to know, yes, he's been up and down this year, massive injuries in the last two years. 39% on catch and shoot threes. And newsflash, Oladipo ain't going to be the number one, number two, or number three option in Miami. He is strictly at this point a catch and shoot guy until he's fully healthy. The apple on, or maybe what is it, cherry on top of the apple pie would be LaMarcus Aldridge, another 35-year-old, I think he's 35, who is just going to give you added bulk in the front court. So the Miami Heat now, who are a 500 team, I guess a game under 500 after losing last night, they have depth in the backcourt. Drogic, Hero, Kendrick, second to none. Great uh, boxing nickname with... um. Uh, a boxer with a nickname, second or none. I'm just going to call Kendrick Nunn that. Um, Duncan Robinson in the backcourt, and now Oladipo. You got Jimmy Butler, Igudala, Ariza, and then up front, you got um, Bam Adebayo and Bajelica with, you know, maybe you could get a smattering of help from the, the rookie Precious out of St. John's. And you now have a team full of young guys, Hero, Duncan Robinson, Nunn, You've got the KG veteran, Jimmy Butler, who's like your leader. You've got the vet with the championship pedigree, Andre Iguodala. Uh, Trevor Ariza also has that. And you've got the great young center in Bam Adebayo. And the best part of all this, Rob, they did not give up any of their first-round draft picks. So they now are in position, should somebody hit the market, Giannis, I'm sick of Milwaukee, I got to get out of here. They are still in position with their best assets, hero Duncan Robinson, and Bam, and the draft picks, so they are still flexible heading into offseason. I thought the Miami Heat were massive winners at the trade deadline. 
I think that they were winners, but I don't think they were massive winners. And, and here's the reason why. Um, Victor Oladipo, like you mentioned, he, he doesn't look like himself. He hasn't looked like himself in a minute. But more importantly, and you brought this up earlier, the reason that they did not trade for Kyle Lowry was because they did not want to include Tyler Hero, mm-hmm. which is fine. I, I, I totally understand that. But you go ahead and get somebody at his position, Victor Oladipo, who are they most likely going to be giving a 20 plus million dollar contract offer to? Well, we'll see. So, we don't know that that's a lock. All reports before the trade deadline were, depending where he goes, is probably going to be a rental because he's had eyes on Miami for two years now. So I don't understand why you make the move for, I mean, I guess it's a low risk reward, uh, low risk move. So I guess I get it. But if Tyler Hero is really the future that you're so excited about and Kendrick Nunn, who I think is really, really good, he's, he's, there's a reason why Tyler Hero was sent to the bench is because Kendrick Nunn is, has been great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't understand why they make that move if Tyler Hero is what they think he is. And so right now, with their current roster, they got four guys basically for, for two positions. And they all need minutes and they all need the ball for them to, to be effective in, the, in their best way. That's none. That's Oladipo. That's Dragic. And then that is um, Hero. So I understand getting the move. It's a very low risk move with Oladipo and, and, and you get him so that you can see what he has this season before you offer him that big contract. They're going to offer him something. We'll, we'll see if it's between 20 million and 24 million, whatever that is. But I, I don't love the fit is the problem. Hmm. I, I don't, first of all, I, well, let's see about this $24 million. I got to see Victor Oladipo getting 24 mil <laughs> to believe it. Um, not not at, at, the, at the rate he's playing after the injuries. On Tyler Hero, okay? Yes, he's going through a sophomore slump. All his numbers are down across the board. That being said, need I remind you, Rob, as a 20-year-old last year, Tyler Hero in the Eastern Conference Finals— gave the Celtics 37 in a game, in a pivotal game four that Miami wins to go up 3-1, okay? In the series, Hero shot 51% from the field, 34% from three. In the NBA Finals, his scoring was down a little bit, 14.7 a game, shot 41% from deep. This is, as a 20-year-old rookie, there is no way on earth I'm giving up on a guy who delivered like that in the playoffs. Like, it's one thing, hey, you struggle during the regular season, you get hot, that's fine. What are you doing under the playoff microscope? And I've seen it from Tyler Hero. He don't have anything to prove to me. I'm not part no, of it. I agree with you, and that's why I told you I understood why they wouldn't make that trade for Kyle Lowry. But my question, though, is why then do you make the move for Oladipo? Because the assumption is they're going to re-sign him. And... Unless their plan is to have Tyler Hero play point guard, which which is why he got benched in the first place, because he's horrible at point guard. He's not that's not his position. He's a he's a scoring guard. So unless the plan is to play the two of them next to each other, which defensively you'll get roasted, number one, number two, there's no real distributor between the two of them. I, I don't understand the move. Hmm. That that's what I don't get. I mean, essentially, he, I, I guess when you could give up Avery Bradley, who, you know, remember, this guy was pivotal with the Lakers, and then Avery Bradley opts out of the bubble, and he's had injuries galore. He really has not gotten into the flow with Miami. Kelly Olenek, 
Adios man bun. And then a 2022 first round swap rights, which is not as good as it sounds, and it doesn't even sound great. When that's all you got to give up for Oladipo, I don't see why you don't say, let's take our chances. It doesn't, it, it just, you're not giving up anything. Olenek wasn't playing any real minutes. Avery Bradley is a shell of himself, and they got the younger guys. So, I don't know. I, I, I love what the Miami Heat did. I will say I've been bullish on the Celtics getting to um, the Eastern Conference Finals or giving Brooklyn all hell. I, I would not be shocked if we saw the Miami Heat right back in the Eastern Conference Finals. I'm uh, They match up pretty good. Pretty good with the Nets, right? Bam is the big guy. Jimmy Butler is your dog to guard Kevin Durant. Or maybe you just have Bam chase around Durant. Bam is very athletic as a, as a big. And you put Harden on Butler, I don't know. I, there's no doubt in my mind Miami, with a good coach in Spolstra, can hang with the Nets. I'm not handing the Nets the East. I would say no doubt they're the best team. But uh, you still have the Nets one for sure, right? Oh, yeah. And I'm who, actually who do you glad. Have two? Uh, Philly. With, with the healthy Embiid. Uh, I'm, I'm glad you brought up the Celtics, though, because yet again, we had another situation of the trade that Danny Ainge almost made. I don't know why I talked myself into thinking that they'd be able to get uh, Fournier and Aaron Gordon. I mean, I, history tells us that Danny Ainge is a cheapskate. You know, like like if, if he's going to, to McDonald's, they ask him if he wants a supersize. He says, no, thank you. Like, you know, because the extra 40 cents is going to kill him. Like... His history of almost getting people is long. It's longer than the receipts you get at Walgreens. But I don't understand how if you're Boston, and you know that your team has issues, you know that you're in no man's land. Like, it's well documented. You get Fournier for nothing. It's two second-round picks, which is, Mm -hmm. in the NBA, the equivalent of nothing. And you let Denver come in with Gary Harris overpaid contract, one future draft pick, and I forget whoever the third guy was, but you let them come in and, and, and beat you to that. You couldn't two first round picks. You couldn't yeah. do that. You couldn't mark well, smart. Uh, again, I we we touched on this with the Miami Heat. You want to stay flexible. If a superstar says he's unhappy and he wants out, and that's been the history of the last like seven years, you go down the list. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is the guy behind the scenes right now, who's extremely unhappy that the Timberwolves stink. He's extremely unhappy. I know he's saying all the right things about Anthony Edwards. But, yeah, he's ticked they don't have Lamella Ball. And Anthony, uh, D'Angelo Russell, his buddy's hurt. Carl Anthony Towns has been losing his entire career. I don't know if he has a playoff win. I think he went once and they got swept. And there is a thought that is he going to be the next superstar who says, I want out, trade me. Okay, they have ownership issues, the coach, the GM. There's a lot of questions right now in Minnesota. So uh, the Celtics, by keeping their first-round picks, remain in the mix for a Carl Anthony Towns. Maybe Giannis is a pipe dream. Could be him. I don't want to get crazy. I don't think a guy like Luka Doncic is going to pull that. You just don't know, though. We never saw Kyrie Irving saying, oh, yeah, I won Game 7 of the Finals, and... um, we went back to the finals, and now I want get me the hell out of here. Like, we don't expect that to happen. We don't expect Paul George, who seemed like it was going well in Indy, to just say, I'm out of here. Get me out of here. Anthony Davis, you know, they, they win a round in the playoffs. They go to the second round, uh, played the Warriors kind of tough, and then Anthony Davis is like, yo, peace. I'm out. Trade me. 
You just don't know who that next guy's going to be. So by retaining the first-round picks, the Celtics have that flexibility. And it's not like they're wasting core years because Tatum and Brown are still super young. My only question and issue with this deal is, like you said, Fournier's nice. He's a bench guy. In the clutch time minutes, did they get better? And I think the answer is no. Tatum, smart, Brown, Kemba, you can't play Fournier as your fifth guy. You'll get destroyed on the inside. You'll get pick and roll to death. And Daniel Thies is gone. I like what Daniel Thies did in the playoffs. They're trying to get under the luxury tax. That, to me, is a sign the owner's unhappy with the way things are headed. Because if you're dumping Thies after that playoff series, yeah, I mean, he was good in the playoffs, Rob. I don't know about that. I thought he was very good. This puts a big burden on uh, Tristan Thompson, uh, who does have the uh, postseason pedigree. He's been to uh, plenty of playoff battles, obviously, all with LeBron. But I just... I'm I'm disappointed in in the Celtics, but, uh, but that, it sounds like there are bigger issues. That's why they should have made that move for Aaron Gordon. Just you know, if you're saying in the short term you can't play Fournier in crunch time minutes, you can absolutely play Aaron Gordon in, in crunch time minutes. And it's funny True. that you brought up all the picks that they're hoarding or not hoarding the picks that they have that they refuse to part with. Let me give you a list of guys that they've since 2013 that they had the assets for. They had the picks. They had the players. They mm-hmm. decided. You know what? We're not going to do it. So this little yeah. fly right in the face of your Carl Towns, Mrs. you know, Fair. theory. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Do you want to start with Jimmy no, Butler? No. Chris Paul, 2013. Kevin Love, 2014. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Well, just in hindsight, the Kevin Love passing does not look like a bad move. Oh well, we'll see. Blake Griffin, 2016. Demarcus Sorry. Cousins, 2017. Oh goodness. Paul George, 2018. Jimmy Butler, 2017 again. Kawhi Leonard, 2018. We went to the Raptors. They could have had him. They said, no, thank you. Wait, wait, wait. They could have had him? Yes. Well, that's because they didn't know if he was going to sign long-term, right? That's is Who cares? And he, well, what do you mean, who cares? You can't give up all these number one picks, and then he's going to peace well, out. Look at, they used all these number one picks, and what do they have with? Semi Ojale. Uh, he's a nice, he's a nice wing Was it Peyton Pritchard? I like him. Backup um, point guard. Uh, they have a few guys. I, mean, I guess the Time Lord is their best guy that they've got. Robert Williams. Guy. Well, uh, yeah. by expending feasts, I guess they think Time Lord Robert Williams can play big right. minutes in uh, the playoffs. We'll see so, about that. Okay, so Kawhi 2018, Anthony Davis, which we said he wasn't going to resign 2019. And this is what I totally forgot about because it, it, it got kind of swept under the rug quickly. James Harden. Okay, timeout. I, I, need to, I need to throw a flag here. Rob, and I don't want to go overboard. I know we have more LA listeners than Boston. We've seen the analytics. We know there's a large portion of L.A. sports fans. I'm not a Boston guy. I was born in New York. I don't like any Boston teams. A perception for the longest time is that Boston, you know, not exactly welcoming to African-American athletes. Now, I know there are plenty of African-American athletes have had success there. I'm not calling Boston a racist city. We know the history in Boston. Um, Mookie Betts, obviously, um, Leaving for the Dodgers, uh, we know his history, his ending in Boston was not great, and he's a great talent. I don't know if guys like Anthony Davis and Paul George and James Hart were gonna stay in Boston long term. Kyrie Irving went there, playing for Brad Stevens. You playing with these young guys, and he left in like five minutes. So uh, you could kill Ainge. That's fine. I'm not gonna totally dispute it because the the stats are are there. These are facts. These guys. They could have been traded to Boston. But I just wonder if there's other stuff at play that might have factored in. Maybe the Danny Ainge knows that we don't. And yeah, I'm not defending I, I, Danny Ainge. That's totally I'm just, fair. Okay. 
that's totally fair. But you know, I will say this: the 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 Celtics are in the Lakers, Yankees, Patriots, Packers kind of thing, where just making the playoffs is not good enough for their fan base. Like the the Celtics' expectations every season should be: we are a title contender. And if you're more concerned with being good for a long period of time than being great for two or three years, that's a problem. <laughs> it's fair. I mean, they've been to the Eastern Conference Finals three of the last four years. I but were don't they know ever? Do you ever think of them as legitimate contenders though during those windows? I thought they had Miami beat last year. I love the Tatum Brown combo. But um, did you think they were going to beat the Lakers if they got to the finals? Um, I would have given LeBron and AD the edge, of course. Um, exactly. Yeah, uh, but uh, you know, Celtics are close. All right, let's wrap up real quick with uh, who we. I think we both agree is the big winner, and that's the Denver Nuggets. And yeah. I am that guy who has a I think 1987 throwback Denver Nuggets hat um, that's super cool. And I'm telling a random story here, and I know the guy listens to the podcast. So I would take my kids to school. I walk them over, and I would wear like different hats almost every day. And usually a lot of them are th- throwback. Uh, I like obscure. I want to be different. I'm Jason. I'm unique. I-, I wear different hats that not everybody else is wearing. I'm not going to rock a Dodgers hat, okay? Everybody's wearing a Dodgers hat. I'm not going to really wear a Lakers hat. Everybody got a Lakers hat. So I'll roll up with a Denver Nuggets hat. I got an old school Milwaukee Bucks hat. And a dad commented to my wife one time. He's like, oh, your husband's Jason. He's, she's like, yeah. He's like, oh, the guy with the cool hats. And like, you know, one of the dads was like noticing, like people are, no. I love the throwback stuff. And secretly, I'm a bit of a closet Denver Nuggets fan, simply because of those 1980s jerseys that are sick. And I'm telling you, Rob, we can disagree till I'm, you and I are blue in the face, but I'm telling you right now, the Denver Nuggets have probably the best roster in the Western Conference. Yes, better than the Lakers. You're talking about Jokic, Murray, and Aaron Gordon as a big three. Okay? They're going to get top four in the West. We know that. Aaron Gordon, 25 in his prime. Coming off the bench, you have Michael Porter Jr., who was apparently untouchable. Okay? In trades. They would not pour with with Porter Jr. Coming off the bench, you've also got Will Barton, a nice wing player. you got Paul Millsap, a veteran, big, coming off the bench. Jermichael Green, he's been in some playoff games. This is a really good team. And I challenge you, Rob. To show me a better big three in the West. Portland has Dame, CJ, and don't there isn't like a third. The Clippers have Kawhi, PG, and there isn't a third. And I I, I gotta be honest, Lakers have LeBron AD and we'll see who shows up on every other night. You giving me Aaron Gordon. I know Aaron Gordon's never been an all-star. Okay. I know he's just a dunker and a guy who can make some threes. I just think his talent on the wing is exactly what they've been missing. They had Jeremy Grant last year who was able to do well enough defensively on Kawhi and Paul George. Then they lost him to the Pistons. By the way, Jeremy Grant's putting up some big stats with the Pistons. And now, Aaron Gordon is that wing who can body, at least physically, LeBron, Kawhi, Paul George. And they already beat the Clippers. I think the Clippers are scared. They see fear. When they look at the Denver Nuggets, they say, damn, we're scared of these guys. I think the Clippers are fearful of the Denver Nuggets. And I'm telling you, this Denver Nuggets team, if LeBron and AD are not healthy, you could pencil in the Denver Nuggets into the NBA Finals. Go ahead and lock it up. I'm looking for odds on the Nuggets' futures when they resurface because, you know, I like their coach. 
Um, I I really like Jamal Murray. I know losing Gary Harris wasn't great. Shooting can be an issue. Monty Morris is a nice uh, little point guard. I uh, I'm bullish on the Nuggets. Fight me. Uh, no, I agree that they have the deepest team because they they have guys that have a lot of talent. They can't even get minutes for. Like I think Bull Bull has potential to be a rotational guy. They just they, they can't even find him minutes to even flash anything. Um, I, the only thing I will say is, as good as their top three is, and even their top four, if you include Porter Jr., I would not put their best three over LeBron, AD, and whoever. Just because I think Who, those whoever? two. Who, I don't care whoever the third guy is. The, those LeBron and AD are so much head and shoulders better than Jokic, Jokic? and Murray. Jokic and Murray together that the, whoever the third guy is, it's it's a really tough hill to climb. Jokic is great, but Murray is not what you think that he might be. I I feel like uh, his his bubble wait, performance wait, 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 was great. He was great yeah. in the bubble, but other than that, you know, Jamal Murray is. He's fine, but he's not at any He's fine. He's not he in the conversation. 46% on threes against the Clippers, averaged 22 a game against yeah, the, the Jazz. In the, yeah, bubble. in the bubble. He was fine. He had playoff games. They were down. Uh, oh, no, I'm sorry. It was. It was um, Give me anything game four. other than that bubble. He had 50, 42, Any, anything 50. Anything other than the bubble. Because a lot of guys shot well. KCP was lights out in the bubble, and we saw what he looks like, you know, when there's an actual arena and sound and maybe some fans in the building well i guess the only difference there is kcp is like a third or fourth option okay and like murray had to option. carry them murray yeah. had to carry them. yeah murray's he's, like I said, uh, he's fine but you're if you're okay if well, you're well actually up- i'm just looking at the stats rob career high 47 percent from the field this year career best 41 percent from three this year 21.1 points per game career high 4.8 assists tied for his best 4.0 rebounds, tied for his best. Like, Jamal Murray's having a monster. How the hell was he not an all-star? Uh, because their team only recently uh, got into the right. top yeah, six. They, they, yeah, they were struggling out of the gate. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. So we so, agree, Denver Nuggets. As of right now, give me your final four in the West. Well, the problem is I don't know if LeBron and AD are healthy. Because, I, like I said, if right. they're Let's just not say everybody's bad. healthy. Everybody's healthy throughout the league. Okay. Uh, in the West, Lakers... Uh, Jazz, Lakers versus the Jazz. No, you said top four. No, final four, meaning final the conference championship games. uh, Oh, uh, in the league. Yeah, in the league. Okay. Uh, Lakers, Nuggets. Yep. Nets, Sixers. Oh, you're really stuck on these Sixers. Okay, huh? I need to see what they look like with Embiid back. East is a little tougher for me. I'm still. You know, I, I might have some futures bets on the Celtics that have me tied to them. It's like an albatross around my neck. I will go overreaction and say the Miami Heat against the uh, Brooklyn Nets in the Eastern Conference Finals. All right, without further ado, let's get to our guest. You're going to love this guy. Colgate College student, Simon Gersberg. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort, performance tires for sporty handling, all-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Yokohama tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. 
They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Yokohama test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Busy weekends are a breeze with American Express Platinum Card. 8 a.m., wait to board plane in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> Much better. 2 p.m., grab seats for the game. Come on, pick and roll! 6 p.m., book an exclusive reservation with Resi Global Dining Access. Right this way. Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to the Centurion Lounge, must-see live events, and exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say... I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. All right, let's welcome into Straight Fire. You know, we try to do it differently around here. Bring in some new voices, guys you may or may not have heard of. This kid started this analytics-based, I don't know, algorithm, uh, if you will. And it's pretty pretty dead on in the NCAA tournament. I'm sure he's going to do it for the NBA playoffs, hopefully. Let's welcome in Simon Gersberg, a junior at Colgate. Simon, how are you, man? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to uh, share some knowledge on all things college basketball. 
Yeah, so a lot of the people who tune to the podcast, they're like, oh, I know Brian Winhorst. I know this media member from <laughs> NFL Network. And now here it is like a college kid. But I, I had noticed you were putting out stuff during the college basketball season. I'm kind of a geek about college hoops. I need to ask how the hell you got started on this stuff because it is um, shot, shot quality is, you know, high-end stuff that a lot of our audience is just not going to understand. Yes, yeah, so I'll try to make it as simple, simplified as possible. So basically, I worked for the Colgate basketball team, freshman and sophomore year, calculating the quality of shots by hand. So I was sitting on the bench watching the games. I was bored as, I was bored as hell because I couldn't even watch the games. I basically had to think about all the stats while I'm watching. Very tedious, monotonous process. I'd be like, okay, that's a 45% shot. When my point guard goes off the dribble here, that's a 52% shot. And basically just spitting out all these numbers onto a clipboard during the game. And basically my solution was if I could automate this, I could actually pay attention to the Colgate games and actually enjoy watching them Like once again. Mm. So once I was able to automate it for the Colgate team, um, it brought a lot of value to the team. And I realized that because I have the ability to automate it for Colgate, I could do it for all of college basketball. So then during quarantine, obviously I had a lot of free time and I just started crunching all the numbers for all the teams in college basketball. Wow. All right. So did Colgate, did the basketball team find you or did you find them? Were you a big high school basketball guy or just a numbers guy? Uh, I was definitely more of a numbers guy. I was just always interested in how stats led to certain competitive advantages in other sports. Like I had done a lot of statistics for baseball. Like I worked on this internships uh, senior year for Sports Illustrated. Oh. And then when I got to Colgate, I just got lucky enough that I matched up with one of the coaches who was just very analytically minded as well. And we just saw eye, eye, obviously. Okay, so when you start crunching these numbers and you go to the coaches with it, what is their reaction? Because I, I would assume there's still a massive divide among the oh. old school coaches who are like, "Oh man, what is this? Fifty three percent? What is that even? Come on, don't give me this. We need to run yes. the pick and roll or whatever." So <laughs> I'm curious what the hurdles you had when you approached the coaches with this stuff. So I actually enjoy talking more to the coaches that are more old school because the way I frame shot quality, it's. It's not as simple as like, oh, if you take a shot, if you take a layup, or if you take a three, it's a high-quality shot. It's more about the possession quality. So there are actually opportunities where you could take terrible shots in the paint, but if you're a great offensive rebounding team like Texas Tech, like Tennessee, you could take bad shots and still have high possession quality. And that's kind of where the old-school coaches enjoy it more um, or buy in more because it's not just like, oh, rim and three, oh, that's all that matters because I feel like that's what the analytics say. But kind of what we're doing at Shot Quality is really looking at the most valuable possessions. So I kind of should change the name to Possession Quality if I could. Possession. All right. So, <laughs> let, let, uh, try, I mean, obviously we'll get to the Sweet 16 in a second. But I'm curious, when you're charting all these shots, obviously you don't have time to watch every college basketball game. Where are, are, are I mean, do you, maybe you don't want to reveal your secrets, but how are you able to get where all the shots are, whether they're off the dribble or what? Yeah, so I just, we basically uh, have multiple different data sources and then we combine all of them to find the like extensive play-by-play -play data and it's just automated for all the games so we really don't have to I mean obviously it was really challenging to create the automation but um it just works for all the games I, I think they spit out like three hours after every game so, so I, I can give I, it a if, yeah go, go ahead um so basically like for the Kansas USC game that was right. a, the epitome of a shot quality lucky loss for Kansas so if you watch oh, the they game lost by 30 side that's the funniest part that's the funniest part I know so they lost by 30 but if you look at the three-point numbers, USC shot 65% from three. Isaiah Mobley hit like four threes in the first half. And I know, and I was getting a lot of backlash on Twitter from this. And it's funny because the Kansas beat writer was like trying to like calm down all the Kansas, all the Kansas fans because 
Kansas shot 20% from three and USC shot 65. On the long run, that's not going to consistently happen. So as a coach, obviously it's one and done in March Madness, but as a coach, you have to put every game into perspective and say, was that a lucky win? Was that an unlucky loss? Or did we just get blown out because we got crappy shots? And I think that's a very important justification for coaches to understand after the game. So let's take that USC beats Kansas by 34 and I go to the box (laughs) score and then I go to the play-by-play and they show where all the shots are from. So I'm assuming you guys just scrape that data, right? Put it into your algorithm and it spits out information. Yes, and it's based off each player's, this is most important, it's based off each player's individual numbers. So when Evan Mobley's on the left block and he shoots a, a jump hook, that's an X percent shot. When Isaiah Mobley's taking the catch and shoot three, that's an X percent shot. So it's all based off each player's individual numbers, which obviously is the most important part of the algorithm because every player has an individual skill. I'm sure there are people listening to this being like, man, that's just, I, I, I don't care. That's too nerdy. But I don't <laughs> think, Simon, they understand that this is where basketball is headed. Like, this yeah. is the future, if not already the present. I mean, we've seen uh, Daryl Morey and a lot of these analytics-based NBA teams have, I don't want to say flip the script, but, you know, Golden State Warriors, uh, were, nobody had them doing any of the damage like this when they drafted Curry and Clay and Draymond. And they were pretty much at the forefront, would you say, of this analytics revolution or, or no? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, definitely the Warriors. I think the Rockets are just the epitome of the example, just like taking it to the next level, just shooting like 95 threes. <laughs> okay, obviously, it's exaggeration, yeah. but like just taking it overboard, like, okay, we know our most efficient play is a hardened ISO, so we're just going to run a hardened ISO every single time we can. Um, yeah, I mean, it's obviously expanding, and I think it's interesting how far behind college basketball really is right now to the mm-hmm. NBA. So it is kind of a, um, it's just a market inefficiency. It kind of seems like at this point yeah. in time, and obviously people like Kempom have been around for years and years, but hopefully um, it'll yeah, just keep so, expanding. I mean, if you can profit off the market inefficiency while there's a window, that's the move. So let's look at the Sweet 16 games. Let's stick with USC um, versus Oregon. In a way, you know, and I watched that game, USC, because I had USC. I was like, this is easy. This is a layup. And <laughs> Isaiah Mobley hits four or five threes. And then I think I saw the stat that during the regular season he had made like 11 three-pointers or something insane. Oh, wow. And here he is splashing all these threes. You're like, wait, wait, what the hell's going on here? And I do wonder, do you see an edge, and advantage in Oregon here? The line has moved toward USC. I think it opened pick, and now it went out to like one or two, might, might be two and a half. So this is the interesting thing with shot quality. Obviously, the way we value games is based off dispelling of the three-point luck and really just valuing the objective shots that each team is getting. So Oregon also in the Iowa games, despite winning by a lot, they overplayed. They played over their heads compared to their expectation. So it's kind of interesting. Both of these teams might be slightly overvalued by Vegas, but you're right. I do lean towards Oregon. We actually have the game at 69-69, which I guess OT. So basically a pick them. Um, and I, what's the spread right now? Three for USC? Uh, well, USC's favored. I mean, they beat them during the regular season. And, I, I mean, again, I, I know you're looking at the numbers, but when you uh, look at that the box score from earlier this season and USC crushed them without Isaiah Mobley, uh, and you factor in, okay, beating Iowa was one thing in the middle of the day, beating Kansas in prime time, it feels like the casual better is going to gravitate toward USC, right? Yes, you would think so, especially after a 30-point win, just pure domination over a really good Kansas team. Uh, but, I mean, similar to also Oregon. I mean, Oregon did dominate a two-seed in Iowa that yeah. uh, I thought was really, really good entering the tournament. Obviously, it didn't pan out, but, um, yeah. 
So, so you, you with it at sixty nine all, I guess you have a slight edge to Oregon, correct? Totally. So I maybe okay. maybe a little juice on the OT. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't oh know wow, yeah, that's a risky <laughs> play, but okay, sure. Uh, all right, let's look at Gonzaga Creighton now. Again, this is another interesting one. Like Creighton, uh, you know, they they got lucky to beat UCSB. I had the uh, UCSB guys, and they miss a layup with like two seconds left. And then they face a tired Ohio team off the win over Virginia. And, you know, Creighton's, thir- I think, 13 and a half, maybe. And we have Gonzaga, a juggernaut. What do the numbers say uh, according to shot quality? So this is really interesting. I think Creighton was one of the most interesting shot quality teams to- over the course of the season. So basically mm-hmm. through the first 20 games, they were actually consistently a top 10 team on the site. Just getting great shots and just putting together great overall quality of looks on the offensive defensive end. But the last five games, they've really been tanking. So it's kind of interesting because, like, if they could somehow revert back to their previous performance, the spread basically I have in the game, it values more recent games more in the algorithm, but it obviously values previous play also. So the spread has Creighton losing by nine to Gonzaga, 83-74. So so I guess it's taking Creighton on the spread. Yeah, why do you – and actually bigger edge there than the uh, Oregon-USC game. But I guess my question would be, what what do you think happened in the last five games? Did that line up with the coach getting suspended for his comment or whatever? It could be something with that with Coach Mack. Um, I, I, it's interesting. So a lot of the quality of shot, like when a team gets worse quality of shots throughout the season, it's, a lot of it has to do with turnovers because obviously a turnover is mm. the worst quality look you can get. So if a team becomes more turnover prone, they're getting worse offensive quality of looks. Uh, but in terms of like actual shot attempts, I don't think that's been changing as much. I think they're just turning it over a little bit more recently. Huh. Okay. I- interesting. I, I kind of like Creighton to keep that one close enough um, in-, in that one. I- again, looking at the- I'm curious what the, because, you know, you want to look at the matchups a little bit. And they have, Creighton Always. has some good players, right? And I- I- how do you weigh matchups versus what the numbers say? Because some, you know, the eye test. They, it matters, Simon. Obviously, the eye test oh, is big. And, and, you know, Gonzaga being undefeated, five extra days to think about being undefeated. Um, I don't, so, so where do you come in on this ultimately? I'm obviously a stats guy, but I'm in on the eye test as well. Um, <laughs> for Creighton, I mean, I think they're so interesting because they can get hot from three. Like, they're one of those teams that, like, could – if you look at the box score at the end of the game and they're shooting – 45, 50% from three. This could be a one, two point game. Like the, the, it is conceivable that they keep it close if they just get hot from three. And they shoot so many of them with Mitchell Ballack, Marcus Zagorowski, Damian Jefferson. They really do have the shooters. And I think with matchups, I think that's just where you have to. That's just where like the individual handicappers will have yeah. an advantage over just an algorithm because like this is a random example. But like when Iowa plays Michigan, like if you have someone on Hunter Dickinson, if you could put Hunter Dickinson on Luca Garza, that's probably the worst possible matchup you could have. So obviously that's going to affect <laughs> the line and yeah. uh, be more impactful than whatever the algorithm would say. So I'm looking at Ken. Obviously, I'm sure you look at Ken Palm and Bart Torvik and all these sites. Ken Palm has Gonzaga as the seventh best defense in America. However, we know that their conference, the WCC, was awful this year, right? Would you agree or? Yes, they were not great. Okay. No, not so how much can we put? I mean, Iowa put up 88 on Gonzaga, um, West Virginia, 82, like teams can score pretty easily on Gonzaga. So I, I like Creighton here. I don't know. Where are you? So that's really interesting. You mentioned the defense of Gonzaga. So basically based off the quality of shots that Gonzaga has led up this season, they're ranked on shot quality as the 24th best defense, mm. which definitely is a big, big gap compared to Ken Palm. And the difference is like what I've noticed the differences from Ken Palm 
two shot quality. I've done a lot of research on this, obviously, because Kempon sites like the greatest thing yeah. of all time. Um, it has to do with three point luck. So I can break this down, but basically what three point luck is, it's just, let's say, um, Isaiah Mobley is actually a great example for that Kansas game. So yeah, basically yeah, yeah. it's not like Kansas's defense played that poorly to allow USC to shoot 65% from three, but rather it was just, they just had a crazy three point shooting game. So that would be a perfect example of Kansas's defense and Kansas's defense performing unlucky to the three point line, which really isn't fair for the Kansas defense down the road in terms of Vegas's expectation of them. So that's where Gonzaga's defense might be overvalued, I think, from a Vegas perspective. If that huh, interesting. Yeah, I, you know, the, the, Gonzaga, is good, they're going to feel the weight and the pressure of being undefeated. And what about the, the fact, and again, I don't know if you're factoring in the gym, like Creighton's played in this gym before because it is, um, I, I guess they're playing in Hinkle, is it? I, I'm, not, I'm not sure where. I'm not exactly sure which stadium they're playing in, but it's one that they've played in before. Gonzaga hasn't, obviously. So I don't know if that factors in. Let me, one last thing on Gonzaga. Because they've had so many blowouts in division, do you try to strip out the final five minutes worth of shots and, and data, or does that factor in because maybe the end of the bench guys aren't trying as hard on D? So that's actually something I have not been able to do this season, but that's literally my first goal for next season. I've gotten a bunch of emails about factoring out garbage time. So great idea, Jason. That's exactly what I okay. have to add next season. To the so let me sure. – you say you've gotten a bunch of emails. Now, again, <laughs> I don't know what you want to reveal, but who who is reading shot quality? Because, you know, I don't know if it's a casual fan. It's probably a bunch of degenerate gamblers. But I would assume, Simon, that there are some teams out there that are looking at what you're doing and being like, we could really use this data. He's just putting it out there for everybody. If we had this just proprietary to us, all of a sudden we gain an edge. Have you had either college programs, NBA, any? Have you had people reach out to you uh, from sports leagues? Yes. Yeah, so we have over 30 NCAA teams. Actually, Creighton is one of them. Um, we have over 30 NCAA teams signed up for this season. And we have a bunch of NBA teams as well looking at NBA draft prospects because it's obviously Ooh. just a different it's a different analysis, uh, like analytics tool to evaluate. Uh, passing ability, um, obviously, like the quality of shots you're getting. Uh, yeah. So I had a bunch of NBA teams reach out to me right before the draft last year. Wow. I'll reconnect well, with them. I mean, listen, I don't know if you want to say the teams, but just talk me through that process, what it's like. You're in the middle of, uh, you know, <laughs> intramural basketball, and then you've got a bio <laughs> test the next day, and you come home to an email from, yeah. you know, Dave, the GM I'll, I'll of the Milwaukee I'll, Bucks. No, great, great one. So basically, I'm at... I'm coming home from my dorm and I get an email from David Griffin pop up on my on my computer. Definitely surreal feeling to uh, see something like that. Obviously, huge fan of David Griffin's from yeah. Cavs days and Pelicans. Pretty crazy to see. Um, but yeah, hopefully I'll reconnect with them before the draft and other teams wow. as well. And so I just I do wonder, uh, you know, how do you make the decision whether you want to? I mean, have you had people offer to buy this? I have not, but um, I, obviously I just want to keep building it out as much as I can. Yeah. I mean, I, I am just a, like a student at Colgate. I still got to focus on my philosophy, my philosophy essays. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> What is your major, by the way? I'm, I'm assuming something in the uh, math department. Yeah, SAC and psych and SAT are my two majors, basically. Huh, okay. All right, so let's go to the rest of the Sweet 16. I want to just, I'll pick out Houston-Syracuse as a game that jumps out. So Syracuse plays the 2-3 zone. Obviously, they've exceeded every expectation shooting the ball. But in addition, if you look at the Houston offensive rebound numbers, Syracuse, we know it's tough to rebound from a 2-3 zone. This could be a problem for the Cuse. The public loading up on Syracuse here. 
That makes sense. And I think that's exactly where you can get an advantage on the public because of the last two games that Syracuse has played, based off the quality of shots they've gotten. So I actually predicted the shot quality algorithm had them to beat San Diego State in the game. But based off the quality of shots San Diego State got in the game, they were supposed to basically blow them out, even though they got blown out. So basically, wait, San Diego wait, wait, State. Wait, wait, hold on. Who was supposed to win? San Diego State was expected to win that wow. game after the result. Basically, they just Jeez. missed every shot. Buddy Bayheim went seven for 10 from three. Like these things and these big differences in the gaps between quality of shots and results, it, a lot of it has to do with three point luck and like the, yeah. whatever. Like Buddy Bayheim going seven for 10 from three. Like that's not expected on the long run. So that's kind of hopefully yeah, they, the goal they were of shot goal. Syracuse 15 for 27 from three. And San Diego State, 11 for 40. And I know 11 sounds like a lot, but I feel like at one point it was like four for 29, if I was, if memory serves. Like, you miss all those threes. You know, when, when people say it's a make-or-miss league, the NBA, basically that was a make-or-miss game, right? Totally. When you miss 29 threes in a game, um, that's just like obviously less than your average percentage. I mean, yeah. San Diego State is great shooters, whatever. But what I was getting at was Syracuse basically the last two games have played slightly over their heads. And I think this is a good advantage where you could actually get because I don't know if it's Bayheim magic. I, I don't know. These are obviously unquantifiable forces with whatever Coach Bayheim does in the post tournament in March Madness. But yeah, I think basically they're shooting way over their heads, and I would expect negative regression if I. But, but I, I do wonder, and again, I don't know how you can factor in the zone here. You know, Houston has seen some zone this season, obviously, but the zone in the AAC ain't the Syracuse matchup two three no. that always wins in the tournament and. You know, I know uh, Houston's number two in the country offensive rebound, but they're not a great three-point shooting team. Yep. Again, how do you – what do you do here, Simon? What's the the play? Because Ken Palm has it as Houston by eight. The line, I think, was six or six and a half because everybody's betting Syracuse. So the one stat that I think really sticks out for me for uh, Houston against Syracuse's game – so Syracuse one of the highest steal rates in the country, actually. But – Houston is one of the lowest turnover rates in the country. Mm. So I think basically them not turning with the ball over, I mean, you never know if that'll, if that'll backfire, but them not turning with the ball over against that Syracuse D, I think just getting solid looks up, I, I would expect Houston to actually roll them and cover this. I think I, the shot quality spread actually has the same as Vegas at six points, but I actually do like Houston personally. If, so I, if I, I need I, some intuition there. <laughs> I know you have a lot going on. Obviously, you know, your psychology tests and all that fun stuff at <laughs> But between the David Griffin emails, have you been able to try to bet a lot of these games? (laughs) I I try to stay away. I don't know what you could say, but you're in New York. I should say New York. uh, I don't know if it's legal to gamble there, but not not trying to get you in trouble. But, you know. I I, I wager a very slight amount. I I, I don't have a lot of money as a college student, so I I really don't have much to put in. But um, hopefully down the road, I'll get more and more into it, honestly. Okay, what does shot quality say? for the Florida State-Michigan game, because that is a game I had circled. I've had Florida State all along winning this. I'm fairly loaded up on the Seminoles here. How do you factor in the, the liver's injury for Michigan? So let me tell you this. I think Florida State, so shot quality algorithm has Michigan by three points in the game, which I think is similar mm-hmm. to the spread, but that's not factoring the full magnitude of how long livers has been out. So basically, I think if I had to create a new spread just sprinkling the liver's injury, I would expect it would be Florida state probably be favored to lose by one. So I do think that is some good value there. And I I think Florida State really could beat them. I mean, the way Michigan has played, they played like crap against Texas Southern, played terrible against, not great against LSU. I don't think, 
I think their quality of shots has really deteriorated the last few games without livers, and I, I do like that play, Florida State, a lot. Mm, okay. Is there a game? Now, Alabama, U, UCLA is one that everybody's projecting as a massive blowout. And UCLA, I'm assuming, has exceeded expectations because they were not a great team this season. <laughs> they definitely have exceeded expectations. They're like the epitome of the anti-Jacques quality team because they just oh. they light up so many threes and rim shots and they don't shoot. They shoot so many mid-range. So they're like the, the anti-Jacques quality team, I'd say. And Alabama's probably like the most pro-shot because all they do is – I mean, if you've seen their shot charts after the games, it's all threes and layups, um, Coach Oates there. <laughs> yeah. uh, the interesting thing is with betting on Alabama, which always scares – me and other betters i think it's just the volatility with the three-point shot with them because if you shoot 40 threes a game or 35 threes a game and john petty just misses one or two or two or three like that's the difference in the spread so that always scares me just the variability i had some handicapper i was texting with after the the other game i think he had the under in the maryland alabama game and basically oh gosh a lot of people had that (laughs) yeah when bama gets hot from three like what can you do like it's just like it's just so volatile it's just obviously frustrating it it is funny to watch maryland's defense totally lock up uconn uconn could do nothing book night was pretty terrible i had maryland in that one and then the next game out and alabama makes i don't know they made like 12 out of 13 threes at one point but that you're right they do shoot 40 threes a game 15th in the country and then you Look over at UCLA, and it's like, oh, UCLA does not. They're 27 threes a game, 255th. So, I don't know, Simon, is that a game where you kind of like UCLA, or is there better? Is it better to in-game bet that, given how things are going? I think the best live bets are teams like Alabama. So, basically, like let's say Alabama starts one for 10 from three. Uh, UCLA is up 12. Those are my favorite times to hammer the mm. team that's just suffering from a lot of three-point luck. Like, Bama's obviously not a 10% three-point shooting team. So if Bama gets down early or something like that, I think that would be a good live mm-hmm. bet for Bama. All right, we'll close out with this one. Uh, unless there's a game you really, really love. Illinois, uh, not Illinois. Loyola takes down Illinois. Led start to finish. I- I'm assuming shot quality did not have that upset. They did not. Loyola Chicago dominated the shots in that game and legitimately beat them. Like, this was not a game where oh, they got worse shots and they just got lucky. Loyola Chicago is an elite team and they legitimately took down Illinois, which is crazy. And where are you on Oregon State Loyola? Because I feel like a lot of people almost want to gravitate toward Oregon State, but I, I don't. I really don't like. This is my probably one of my most favorite plays of the weekend. I think, so Oregon State, they've won the last five games, but I'll just say the last four. They've won the last four games and of those four games, so Oregon, Colorado, Tennessee, Oklahoma State, based off the quality of shots they've gotten of all their individual players, they were expected to lose all four of those games. So they are wow. playing way, way over their heads. And Loyal Chicago is just a great freaking team. And I, I, I think they there's a really good chance of them just washing them. That one feels like a bloodbath. Okay. All right. So who do you have uh, winning the title right now? I'm assuming Gonzaga, right? <sighs> it's really, yeah. Based off like the shot quality side, like Gonzaga is just a huge favorite right now. Okay. The closest teams are Baylor and then Loyola Chicago. So I guess that would be the final four, right? Wait, no. It was yeah. Baylor, Gonzaga, Loyola Chicago, and then um, – FSU or oh, Alabama? Oh, yeah, Bama. Bama, Bama, Bama I have way higher than uh, – Okay. Uh, so let me close out by asking this on the NBA. Well, first of all, you're a junior or senior? Junior. Junior. Okay. So you're still a year out from graduating. Do you have any internships or anything lined up this uh, this summer or anything? Maybe you can't talk about it. I don't know. As, no, as you ascend, Simon, you know people are gonna be like <laughs> grabbing at you. Um, 
No, I, I have nothing lined up at this point. I honestly, my goal is just to keep working on shot quality as, as I long as long as I possibly can, and just keep building it out because I, I do think I hopefully have something here and just uh, yeah. can keep rolling with it. Do you uh, have you dabbled at football at all, or is it just simply and basketball? So. I have not dabbled in football. I've done some NBA stuff a little bit, just looking at like shot quality with like, cause I'm a big Nick fan. So I've just checked that out a little mm. bit. Um, I haven't posted anything on Twitter or anything like that, but um, done a little with the NBA, nothing with football. I did a lot of baseball analytics before I got to college, but I kind of got bored of baseball a little bit. Just, it's just a little too slow yeah. paced for me at this point. But um, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, one more thing. Um, you, your background growing up, were you big into sports or more the numbers? And I guess you grew up in the computer cell phone era. Um, I, just for the audience out there who's got young kids and are like, hey, man, I want my kid on that Simon path toward math <laughs> and, uh, you know, uh, going to a good school like Colgate. How did you get into uh, all the numbers? Well, it's kind of funny. I'm not like a, like a math, like I'm not even like that good with math. I kind of just picked up on this because I really enjoyed just watching sports and I knew I wasn't going to play sports anywhere. And once I got to college, I was just really infatuated with just the way box scores tell so much about the game, but also leave out so much about the game. Mm. Like, like I just think there's so much that we aren't able to pick up on when you check the score after like, even like that Kansas USC game, like you check the box score, you see Isaiah Mobley shot, whatever, 75% from three. They're like, Oh, great game from Isaiah Mobley. I just think there's so much that we're missing as fans when we're not watching. And that's why I believe so much in the eye test because we pick up so much with our eyes. And I think um, hopefully with just like shot quality and other sites, we could just um, keep uh, expanding with like figuring out the correct, yeah. uh, more intuitive box scores. All right. Simon Gersberg, Colgate uh, Jr. Unbelievable. What are you, are you 21 yet or no? I'm 20. Oh my Goodness, 20. The world is his oyster. All right, Simon. Thanks a lot, man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Appreciate it, Jason. Thank you. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your 5-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. 
Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Are you self-conscious about your smile due to stains? Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and brighter smile? Smile Actives is a safe and affordable alternative to expensive whitening procedures. You simply add Smile Actives gel to your toothpaste every time you brush your teeth, making it the easiest teeth whitening solution out there. In a clinical trial, Smile Actives users reported up to five shades whiter on average, all within seven days. No change to your routine, no extra time. Right now, they are running a buy one, get one offer. Hurry to smileactives.com iHeart today to receive this special offer with free shipping and handling.